Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? Prove that I, I can play at that level. Some of my best games are against some of the top teams in the world. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. We're going to turn our attention now to Matters Football and I'd like to say Vinny Perth joins us in studio. Morning Vinny. Morning, how are we doing? Morning, well, Vinny, well. Good. It's good to talk about something on hurling every so often. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've had a literally... From not that everyone here agrees. <laughs> no, 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 not yeah, everyone yeah. agrees. Take no. me back to Croke Park immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been talking hurling from the start of the show and it's, and it's deservedly got its, got its dues. Oh, what a weekend. It's brilliant, even for the neutral. Yeah. Like myself, oh, I loved it. Um, it's just brilliant to watch. Yeah, sure I love the build-up. Even as a man, man, I'm looking forward to it this weekend yeah. as well. I know you're a dub, so you'll, you'll disagree. But yeah. um, the Lee Carsley, future Irish Irish manager, the way he's going, the way he's going, he's, he's uh, yeah. After clinching a, an extraordinary win for England over, over Spain with a 96th minute penalty as well, just drama. Yeah, no, uh, it's an interesting one because as soon as. As soon as England won, I said that will be the sort of hype train will start, um, which is a little bit unfair on, you know, Stephen Kenny, I would say to you, because, look, um, Lee Carr's obviously done a really good job. They've won the tournament and they haven't conceded a goal, I don't think, and it was it was excellent from them. And uh, I watched a couple of the games and it was really good. But he's dealing with probably the most talented under-21 squad in the world and it's just another tick in the box of his career and his development and... Um, you know, we always look at stuff with green tinted glasses here when it comes to football. But what I will say about it is, um, you know, his own personal development. We don't know what that is, looks like, and to come over to Ireland and manage Ireland, if that job comes up, what's the salary? What salary can he get in the UK? What's his own development? He'd probably earn more money in a Championship club, for argument's sake. Yeah. So it's a long way down pressure. the road. Less yeah. pressure if yeah. he has to take a championship. Yeah, and, and the Irish job has to you be look at the players. Himself. You look at the players he's dealing with. I mean, Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones, two household names for many Liverpool fans. I think they play week in, week out for Ireland or when we got together. So, mm. uh, it's yeah. Look, he's done a really good job. Anthony Gordon was the main centre forward or, or played up front for them. So tactically, he got some stuff right as well that worked. But they've got some extremely talented players in that group and. Yeah, he's done what what was probably expected. Like not winning the tournament would have been deemed as 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 failure. And you compare their twenty ones to the Irish twenty ones, chalk and chase. Yeah, completely. I don't know if we've been talking about to you since uh, the couple of Irish transfers, Premier League transfers were were completed in the last week or so. Uh, Nathan Collins, of course, to, to Brentford, and Shadozi Obenya to uh, to Luton Town. The Obenya one in particular came as a bit of a surprise. I didn't maybe expect that he'd get a. A Premier League switch, although we we, we all yeah. probably in this country feel he's 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 uh, worthy of it. But two good moves, yeah, two really good moves. I think Chidozzi one's interesting because you'd imagine Luton won't have a lot of the ball at different stages as they go up to the Premiership, and I think his sort of pace and his ability to play in a couple of positions mean he'll be one that'll be fascinating for us to watch from an Irish perspective in terms of his counter-attacking uh, play whether he plays as a wing back or he can play up front on his own at different stages f- for Luton so that will be a really interesting it's a brilliant opportunity for him to sort of one good season no matter how Luton do w- would really um, put him in a good place and he was a free agent as well so he's been really clever and picked a really good move for himself um, so I'm really excited to see how that one works out again use the language on the Irish team green to the classes we expect we think really highly of these players, but um, in England they're, they're seeing them week in, week out, and it's it's such a hard 
like to be a premiership footballer now you've got to be an exceptional footballer mm. I don't think that was always the case like to be in the to be involved in any of the squads with in, in the top six now you're 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 not far off world class whatever that word means but uh, so to be in that elite level is a huge move from and particularly where he's come from I remember scouting for Limerick back in the day and we tried to sign him at Dundalk and now he's a premiership player and it just shows you how football is, is so uh, and sport at the highest level is yeah. you know uh, well it's probably a David Myler kind of scenario yeah. who, who ends up in the same situation mm. you know, yeah, 10 years Ke- ago Kevin Doyle is another mm. good example from Cork where I would have played against Kevin and to be honest, I wouldn't like he was good, but he wasn't. And then all of a sudden, he's twenty goals in the Premiership yeah. within a year or two. Sure. So football's like that. How does that happen? Like you get a standout player, sometimes at the juvenile level or underage level, even under fifteen, sixteens that that don't quite make it, and then lads who are maybe even considered the fifth or sixth best player on their on their team at junior football level, and then they end up yeah. making it's just late development, maybe. It, it, it is so. Um, it's I was. Something, something off script but I was listening to something what, how old was Obama when he became president and Trump was 70 there's probably 20 everyone's moment comes at different stages <laughs> in their right, life that was off script yeah, yeah, yeah sorry yeah. everyone's moment comes at different <laughs> stages right so um, so something stupid that popped in to my phone yesterday but <laughs> that's a fair point but so look everyone develops and, and look you have to be talented and you hear some people criticise I don't know some some players like um you know, people might might have talked about John O'Shea, who was only a bit part player. But you can't be, you can't be a bit part player on average and spend ten years around one of the best clubs. He in was the brilliant world. by all accounts at, at juvenile level. Yeah. So look, it, it is just the environment you go to, the manager you work with, and and football. Like you look, you look at the go back to the, the hurling yesterday the save on the line in the game yeah. changes the game, and football is full. Our sport is full of. Um, sliding big doors moments, moments. Sliding door moments and it if is you look at Denise O'Sullivan with Houston Dash yeah. her career is finished she gets a move now she's a world class player mm. there are these mad sliding moments in soccer especially where you get the opportunity you don't get the same opportunity to transfer in hurling it's very rare <laughs> yeah, rare <laughs> rare I think that's what her needs it's, yeah. has it some, people tra- some people transfer yeah. counties yeah. even uh, in and out yeah. but, I, but we agree with you like it's manager's environment and these are two incredibly yeah. good moves this year in, in a very competitive pool mm. what I will say about Nathan Collins one is interesting I think he needs to find like I remember being here a year ago and we were discussing whether he was good enough to go to a top six club mm. and I just felt Wolves was a great move for him to go and play play week in week out and it started well from changing manager didn't help him but I think he needs a consistent run in a club and somewhere like Brentford where he just plays 30 odd games and uh, particularly a centre half, he can go on for another seven, eight, nine years at yeah. the highest level, and I just think it's a really good move for him in the sense of being able to play week in, week out. And and the manager at Brentford looks exceptional oh. as well, and someone that you'd love to play for. Thomas Frank, definitely one of those managers that you'd be happy for the Irish players to go and, and play under. Um, these European weeks for League of Ireland teams, there must be strange enough weeks to prepare for as a manager. Because I know Stephen Bradley was asked last week before the Drogheda game. Uh, you know, will you be playing your strongest team? And he was like, "Of course," but he's obviously going to say that regardless. Um, yeah. But then again, you know, Rovers missing the opportunity against Drogheda, this bogey team that seems to have come out of nowhere for for Shamrock Rovers. But but you do have one eye on a European game, don't you? Uh, the, from a player, players do, manager obviously doesn't. I mean, the the you know, you look at Richie Tell for example. There was two young lads, Darren Noonan and um, uh, Nugent. 
both played and you see the likes of Richie Tell on the bench and you're like, okay, what's that about? Um, obviously, must have been carrying some sort of an injury. They're missing a lot of players at the moment and it was a really poor result for him. I know people talk about bogey size, but it's just another draw and it's like not putting the league to bed because Europe is huge for, for overs in terms of the finance of being a Champions League team is is just mm. exceptional. So the the Champions route is huge. They would have made over three million in prize money last year. And you can imagine any League of Ireland club, that's huge finance in terms of building and sponsorship and, and building the brand, which they've done so well. So this is a huge week for them. For the players, it's probably the best week of the season. They absolutely love this. It's, I mean, the Champions League mu- music. It might be round one, but it's it such, a, your soul, oh, it? yeah. such a good moment to, to experience. I, I'll never forget, like when we played um, Leisure Warsaw, um, in the playoff round for the Champions League, like the proper centre circle had the you know the mm. the, the, the ball, the stars, the and yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the music, and we're in the Aviva, and over in Legia was just in a met like forty odd thousand, and then you think you've you think you've made, and I mean that in a nice way, but it's such a big moment. So, so pra- fir- what was your first Champions League game as manager? Um, uh, well, well, I had geez, a couple, but they were like um, aside from Wales, and then then yeah. we went on to the the sort of the bigger toys. Um, Slovan Bratislava were sort of the biggest sort of toys from a Champions League point of view. But um, what you'll find with Shamrock Rovers players is they get a huge boost. They'll see the opportunity to become a group stage team again, mm. um, and being at European level is. Everything about it is better. You feel better, so it's very easy for the players and um, puts them in a window as well, an international window yeah. to be, you know, picked up. Uh, yeah, if, th- if they have opportunity to progress. I think what helps League of Ireland clubs is it gives us national recognition first and foremost. Yeah. I think that was the big change in in 2016 that I certainly noticed. And um, I told this story before. I I, I was working uh, in conjunction with with Musgraves and. Remember, we played the, the Champions League night and we beat Bate Borisov. And the following morning, I was in the centre on Dame Street. I remember very clearly, and the electrician said, I know your face from somewhere. <laughs> and it was a, he, he came off his break and he had the back of a newspaper and it was a picture of me and Stephen Kenny hugging each other. I was like, <laughs> so yeah. well, it gives you that. But it, it gives, uh, that, that, that's a stupid story of me, but it gives these players sort of national recognition. So League of Ireland players are obviously fighting against, fighting is the wrong word, but we're, we're competing for for space with you look at the amazing weekend that the Horland has just had and mm. we'll have flash in the pan we're gone now for yeah well, well you're, you're actually <laughs> starting to make it yeah, easy yeah. for us to be fair to the Horland they're starting to yeah. make it easy because they disappear for so long and um, <laughs> like you can you, Jack Bourne is becoming a star and then you look at uh, Clifford I don't think I've seen him play live this year David Clifford yeah. Uh, yeah. or sorry not live even on TV I'm not sure yeah. I have oh a lot of Kerry games in GA yeah, so, yeah like, so this is our opportunity from a soccer point of view with the uh, European stuff to go and sort of build our own brand and, and it is amazing that the amount of people on the street that follow League of Ireland more when European stuff so the casual football fan will certainly have a huge interest in these results and big week for Rovers probably won the to- they, they played it in Icelandic side um who will make it difficult for them, um, and it's huge getting through because I said it before when you lo- when you're in the Champions route, um, you, you've got three competitions: Champions League, Europa League, and Conference. 
and once you as a champion once you lose in the Champions League you go into the next round of Europa League and when you lose that you go into the next round mm. of conference so it's set up to look after clubs like Shamrock Rovers to hopefully have another group stage in them and I think winning the first game is crucial it's probably worth over a million pound easily in terms of prize money this game so it's a huge moment huge moment for the club and for the league and we've got some good draws this year we play teams from the Faroe Islands from Gibraltar and from Luxembourg in for the other three clubs all winnable ties and I really really hope that we can get four wins this year and I think we're starting to get closer to that and we're getting closer to a second team in the group stage of the conference and we're starting to we've got good coaches now who know how to coach at European level and I think that's important and as I said it gives us that recognition that we need Is there any concern and I know this is not Shamrock Rovers fault as such but I was down at Roadstone um, the Shamrock Rovers Academy there last week uh, chatting with Gavin Bazunu and like I was so impressed with the facilities like really really good facilities out there and you know saying they get a million quid prize money for, for getting to a group stage or whatever um, is there a concern that the gap between Rovers and, and the rest only gets bigger because of their development as I say look it's not their fault and it, they're not to blame for, for progressing in Europe and it's a brilliant thing for Irish football but could the gap between Rovers and the rest get bigger? It's again it's uh, I take all that with a pinch of salt I mean when, when Dundalk done so well in 2016 everyone said that was it for yeah. years and they won over 6 million and football sport is so you get things things happen at different moments I mean where did the money go yeah <laughs> well that's a big question um, that a lot of people uh, have tried to answer and no one has actually answered because don't know the facts but that's a bigger story so we'll move that one move that, um, one day we, we maybe I should write a book instead of other people but look what I'll say to you is um, these things happen like in Hurl and Limerick are the best team and they're going to go on and dominate for the next few years and just something will happen where comes in cycles you get yeah and all little moments yeah, where sure. we, like we were going to split the dubs in two not that long ago <laughs> and then people telling me dubs won't win for another few years it's yeah. look Rovers are still ahead of everyone else the finance is huge but we've got clubs like Derry City now who are uh, got good finance uh, an owner who's willing to put money in their European is, run is crucial I think Pats um, if they get through the next round their run is crucial mm-hmm. so everyone looks like they can make some money and to be fair what Rovers have done this year in the league is they've proved they've lost 4 and drawn 8 out of 22-23 games yeah. they're not that far ahead of everybody so no I'm not, that's not a concern of mine that's just I think that's I, I don't I don't buy that um, Vinny speaking with my Cork hat on would the Cork City job ever be attractive to you? Uh, yeah it would um, it's one of the, the best jobs in the country so yes absolutely. Are you saying that sarcastically or not? No it is one of the best <laughs> yes. football jobs in the country um, what I like about Cork is you, you talk about how do you catch Shamrock Rovers as a league well you get a good Cork side and you get 6,000 people into your ground every week and you get a good owner and Cork will push Shamrock Rovers with the right manager with the right structure and the right owner and I think they're getting closer to that so um, absolutely Cork's a, a, a brilliant job for somebody to get a hold of and I know they've brought Liam Buckley in as a director of football and they've won some games recently got to stay in the league force this year sure. because finishing second bottom is a playoff and Waterford are waiting in the long grass in second for whoever finishes there so they've got to stay in the league but Cork Cork should be Cork should be a top two or three team in League of Ireland terms absolutely mm-hmm. 
Uh, sticking on with, with Cork. Thanks like, for that awkward question. <laughs> you had to think about it, but no, to be fair. Uh, Cork City fans leaving uh, Richmond Park on Friday night would have been absolutely delighted to get the draw because I think Pats would be sickened that they didn't close the gap to, on Rovers to two points. Rory Keating getting that last-minute equaliser for, for Cork. Probably stunning the, the Pats fans because didn't feel like a game that Cork were going to get anything from. No, I watched a good bit of that game yesterday um, in terms just from, from a scouting point of view and what I, what I like about Cork is um, they've got stuff to fix. There's a reason why they're second bottom in the league and things haven't gone that well at different stages. But what they have is they've got goal scorers and Rory Keaton, when you give him a chance, will, will score. Uh, and he's not the only one. So once you've got someone who's going to score your goals, they'll give you a real opportunity. So... Um, They've just got to. They've got to get a little bit more consistency in in terms of had a, a run of good games. What's not helping them is we all thought Drogheda would struggle a little bit more, and they've had a really good season. Yeah. They just need to get ahead of Drogheda psychologically, and then I think they can they can probably kick on. So, what's important for Cork is we sort of know that. Um, how do I say this? Not they're they're an average enough team at the moment. Yeah. So where's their biggest advantage? from most teams that to travel a fair way down to Cork and get the shed full, get everyone behind them and just keep that club in the Premier Division for next season and with the new owners you'd like to think and new structures, Cork can kick on so it's one of them it's not for me to make a plea for Cork fans Um, I'm not sure I'm the most popular down there from my Dundalk days there was an amazing brilliant rivalry there Mourinho wasn't popular at Old Trafford and he ended up managing there at some stage true but look the point I make is the train to Cork is very handy (laughs) and the road to Cork is really capital as well (laughs) but look um, I'm not doing a job interview here I promise but (laughs) go back to Cork real quickly they've got to get results on the board they can uh, and, and you sort of need uh, it's such an intimidating place to go to yeah. Turners yeah. Cross, yeah. and that is a bit that can be worth four, six points to them over the next while, and and they probably need that, I would say. A five goal thriller at uh, Daily Mount Park, Bows three, Dundalk two, on Friday night as well. Uh, two goals in two minutes from from John O'Sullivan and Jonathan Afalabi. Afalabi, someone we've spoken about before in the show, but big boost for for Bohemians and their European chances for next season. Yeah, I think they needed that win. They've got to now back it up while the other clubs are in Europe, the other four that are around them, they've got to get some wins now. Um, it was. It was, I wouldn't say pressure on Declan Devine, but I'd say he felt he needed that win badly. And um, again, watching that game, there wasn't a lot in it. I thought uh, Dundalk would see the game out and then moment, it just it just switched. And uh, Dundalk were a little bit open for the third goal. And um, again, you, you go back to the crowds and different things. It was a great atmosphere in Dalyman Park on Friday night. And that got them over the line. And it was a huge win for them. Um, um, they've they've had a, a difficult couple of weeks, and to to bounce back was huge for them. And you know, you look at momentum Dundalk had going into that game, and then it just stops and it hits a block, and that's sort of twenty minutes. And um, but a couple of big players stood up for McManus in particular has been excellent for Bowes of late. So a really big uh, moment for them. And as I said, they've got a couple of games in hand now. The others are going to be hopefully winning games in Europe. And just take away those three points and just uh, get themselves moving up. Yeah, the other two games we didn't get to touch on: uh, Derry City two, Sligo Rovers one, and U City nil. Shells four. I think just Damien just to make goal. a point on Derry, I think that goal will patching penalty is huge. Yeah. I think Derry now because he had McElhenney patching Duffy back on the pitch, Dummigan and Conley who've all missed 
that goal from Patching, that winning goal the other night, is a huge moment. They're right in this title race. If Rovers continue to drop points, they've brought in a centre forward. He needs to hit the ground running, but they are right in the title race. And um, I'd expect more so than Pats. Uh, it feels that way to me, but Pats have surprised everybody in the results. But I, I would say Rovers will fear probably Derry more than Pats. Doesn't mean that it'll finish that way. So I think that was a huge moment in the in the, in the league in terms of still expect Rovers to win, as I've always said. But Derry, that Patching's goal was huge for them in terms of confidence going into Europe, getting players back fit. And I know um, it's been a difficult time for everyone up there in terms of. Uh, the situation with uh, Rory's family Higgins' family so hopefully uh, they have a good run over the, the European uh, campaign Absolutely Any great stuff as always you can you can leave the CV with Sarah she'll bring it down to Cork for you there <laughs> She's had to throw me under the bus there <laughs> Yeah We'd love to have you Yeah well, there you go Come and get me play or call dub, play. dub in Cork I'm not sure how that works You've heard of it Yeah unbelievable <laughs> uh, But great stuff Vinny Thanks for popping in OTB AM The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball